It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruno. Joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, um, Monday mailbag, and it feels like it's we have a lot to talk about. Feels like there is some major talking points that we'll get into on the podcast. Brian Kelly talked at 12 o'clock today, noon, and we have you know takeaways, thoughts, and uh, a lot of questions about what he talked about. So, uh, yeah, you ready? We can do it. This is the uh, Bengal Tiger mailbag. All questions submitted by members of the Bengal Tiger. You can be a member for a dollar. We are rolling on recruiting info right now. LSU picked up a five-star this past week. We'll talk about that with Billy on the recruiting podcast this week. Uh, but Maddie B and I focused on uh, what people have to say on a Monday in regards to the upcoming matchup with Bama, LSU coming off the bye week, all of that. And there is some pretty much immediate notable news. And Maddie B, people started pointing out that the color uh, shirt or sweatshirt that I wear sometimes um, points to like the mood of the podcast. They say brown usually means he's like on a bad news trip. And it's I'm, I'm in brown today for those listening. It's not that LSU is going to lose to Bama. That's not why I'm in brown. It's that there wasn't much positive to come out of the injury reports we were waiting to hear and the availability reports we were waiting to hear. We got to meet with Brian Kelly today on Monday and let's get the mailbag rolling right away by Kyler M saying, I'll go ahead and get it out of the way, which saves us from having to do any sort of uh, opening dialogue here. Matty B, how does Makai Wingo and three of our most experienced corners. Now he's talking to three transfers uh, in Zai Alexander, who started every game. Denver Harris, who has played the third most snaps of any corner. And then Deuce Chestnut out of Syracuse. Being out affect your outlook for the Bama game? And does Wingo being out for the season change your outlook on remaining games after Bama? So before we answer it, let's just rehash. Brian Kelly did say when I asked the availability, and I didn't, I think I don't think I said this week, I said, what are the availability for the game? And then he reiterated it later. Zai Alexander, LSU's most experienced corner, will not play. Denver Harrison, Deuce Chestnut, who have both been in and out of the lineup and on scholarship but not practicing, are not available. He then doubled down and said neither will play at all. So you're without those three. J.K. Johnson, your fourth transfer, got hurt in fall camp. He's already out. The flip side of that is the Makai Wingo injury. We had heard it was going to be one of those things where it could keep him out for a while. Was it weighing... Do I try to come back at play at 70% or do I rest up? Brian Kelly said he had surgery during the bye week, is likely done for the year, at least six weeks. I know Makai tweeted out that, hey, I'll be back for the playoffs, um, but Pierce, he's out for the season. Let's take it one step at a time. First off, Kyler M., uh, Wingo in the three uh, corners that he talked about being out. How does it affect the outlook of the Bama game? Yeah, I, I think we talked about it a lot last week in that I was operating under the circumstances that they were going to be out based on what Brian Kelly said last week. Like it was very much, 
hey, these guys, you know, he said Makai and Zai would miss some time. If you can read between the lines and you understand like what their situations were, I thought to me that meant they were going to miss the Alabama game. And then Deuce and Denver, even if they were, um, let's say, activated for this game, I still wouldn't feel great because they haven't been practicing. So you go through weeks of uncertainty at corner, and now with I being out, I was last week saying that, all right, these guys are going to be out for the Alabama game. So it hasn't changed anything in my outlook of the game. I already thought they were going to be in trouble. I already thought the defense was going to struggle. Um, it just further kind of, you know, re you know, in, instills, I guess, that uh, concern I have. And without Makai Wingo, I think Makai Wingo being out is probably even more significant than the others, uh, the cornerback, because they weren't getting good cornerback play anyways from those guys. And like I said, the Denver and Deuce weren't even practicing. So, uh, yeah, Wingo being out hurts. Cornerback room is extremely thin, which I think we have questions about that as well. But um, it didn't change my outlook as far as like, wow, these guys are out because I've been expecting it. But it definitely doesn't help. And um, I'm still concerned about this defense going against Alabama. And we'll talk we'll talk Makai here in a second. I want to follow up with what you said on corner because I'm with you. Here's my view of it based upon what I've seen with my eyes and then what I know their snap counts to be. Deuce Chestnut hasn't played since the first four games of the year. And let's just be real. He was not, he was not playing at the level he was at Syracuse. Like we were not seeing that type of production. So you haven't had that anyways. So you're not losing anything there. Denver in and out of the lineup, even when Denver's been in, it hasn't been perfect. So yes, he's an experienced body, but it wasn't like he was having an all SEC type of season. Zai, while he has been, you know, at times inconsistent, at times consistent, one thing you could rely on was he started every game and he was out there every time. And he led the corners in snap counts. He's the only guy over 400. That's what hurts, right? I mean, Zai is the one, Zai Alexander is the guy you lose who you are actually playing every single week of the season. Now we see Sage Ryan step in. He's got what? This third most snaps of anyone, I could pull it up, uh, I believe it, or maybe second of anyone at corner. Um, I do believe it goes Zai, then Sage, Sage being over 300 snaps on the season. So, yes, he was a safety. Yes, he played a lot of nickel before. And then we suddenly saw him, Matty B, in Florida State game. That final scrimmage was when he went to corner. And it was like, oh, he's going to start at corner of reduced chestnut. And he did. And he has been there since. <clears throat> to give you the numbers, uh, Zai, 418 snaps, Sage, 314, Denver, 217, everyone else below 100, including Deuce Chestnut. So I get the sense here that people, while yes, losing all three of them is not ideal. Zai's the one that hurt hurts. But don't overlook that Sage has also been the highest graded coverage DB on this team right now and has the second most snaps of any corner. So be fortunate you have at least one guy out there who has experience. Yeah, take take what, take what we have. Um, and as far as uh, Wingo being out, I, I do think it hurts. I mean, the difference here is that they actually have, you know, backups that you trust with Jordan Jefferson, let's say Jacoby and Guillory, let's say uh, maybe – Jalen Lee, for instance, at the defensive tackle spot. So you trust that. 
But in a game like Alabama, you would love to have an all-SEC defensive tackle that can um, maybe unsettle Jalen Milrow, maybe limit the run game of Alabama even more. Uh, so that that is where it hurts uh, for me. They're both big losses. They're all big losses um, as far as Zai and, and Wingo. But I wasn't expecting the other guys, the other defensive backs to contribute anyway. So it doesn't really change my outlook. There's no doubt Makai's one of their best players, okay? Yeah. And he made, look, the first half of the season, even when he was playing through injury, Matty B, we said many times he was the one guy who was playing consistent football. So losing him hurts. That being said, I asked Brian Kelly about this because we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, a lot on our board. Jordan Jefferson at defensive tackle, Paris Shand as a backup, uh, Braden Swinson as a backup have been uber productive and he kind of put it in that light Maddie B of this today's discussion on Monday of all your transfer corners are now unavailable. And he said, man, you look at this one group that you took, like they really needed to address corner and D line and they addressed corner and it just, it didn't work out and it's not working out. And then on the other hand, you address D line and suddenly you lose Makai Wingo, your best performer and it's not the end of the world because Jordan Jefferson has been playing very well. Jacobin Guillory obviously has been here, but gets playing time. And then guys like Shandon Swinson come off the bench and he called them all. What might be like some of the highest graded guys they have as a staff right now on the yeah. team. Uh, and they're coming in as backups. So D line wise, I think they're in good enough shape to where losing Makai is in a major blow nowhere. And, this sounds funny to say, but because Makai is one of the best players on the team, losing Zai hurts more than losing Makai. Yeah, as far as what they, I mean, especially with Denver Deuce and I, even, well, well, we'll talk about it all later. But yeah, it's, it's very much a um, lose-lose. I, I, do, I do agree. I think Zai's absence, just because of the lack of depth behind him, Correct. Um, really hurts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What um? But good question, Kyler M. That helps get us out in a, a good pace here. Uh, Shrill LSU twenty three. Can you play corner? Do you have any, any eligibility left? Brian Kelly asked that to the media today. He was trying to sign some corners up, but he doubted that any of us could run, especially not covering anybody on Alabama's team. So, I've been I've been looking through my camera to see if I can find the picture of me as like a ten year old um, playing football, and. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find it. Maybe later in the podcast, I'll, I'll find it and bring it up. Which camera roll do you have readily available with 10-year-old photos of yourself? No, no, no. I'm just going through my – I honestly don't have that many photos in my camera roll, so I'm just going through my whole thing and just seeing if I can find find it. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a picture. I think I took the picture like okay, right. It wasn't. It wasn't from the game. It was no. I have the, no. Yeah, we have the printed out version of me, like, you know, in the front of the team picture. And I took a picture of it like seven years ago or something. So, yeah, we were uh, short. I was always in the front row of every team photo that was ever taken. Oh, yeah. Oh, here it is. Well, you can't really see, but you, you get the picture. You get the picture. I don't know if you can see this, but. Oh, yeah, we got it. There I am. There I am. 
Um, this was actually the year I was decent. The year before, I was number 63 in playing cornerback. So that's how you know I was not good. Even number 63 wearing corner. Not not ideal. But that's not great. No, no. I was not getting I wasn't getting the number seven. I wasn't getting those uh low numbers that good players get. All right, Capital City Tiger 21. What are the keys to beating Bama Maddie B? Your first film study went up on Monday. It was the LSU offense, which is number one in America still after the bye week against the Bama defense that ranks number one in the SEC. Um, y'all check that out. Uh, but Capital City said, with such a young and inexperienced secondary, what are the keys to beating Bama? Can Jordan Jefferson and Mason Smith, some of LSU's D linemen, step up? I can't believe this D is still paying for the sins of Owen Company. Maddie B. Uh, he also asked, would you dress up for his Halloween, even though Halloween's tomorrow? So you still got a day to figure that one out. But um, let's start with <clears throat> the football-related question there. Uh, what are the keys to beating Bama with such a young and inexperienced secondary? Um, and he kind of tossed in the, the D-line question. Is that the key? Is an alleviated play in the front seven or even just the front four or the four down linemen they've gone to, is that the key to making up for a secondary that's weak? Yeah. Um, yeah. Check out my, I'll flip it. I'm going to do the Alabama offense versus the LSU defense. I wanted to wait a day to let, to figure out who's playing for LSU to do that on Tuesday. First, um, I do think the front four, which is obviously important. Um, you know, Alabama has some, uh, a young guy starting to tackle in Proctor. They have a couple, the offensive line has been kind of shaky compared to what we thought it'd be going into the year. So you would love for Mason Smith, for Savion Jones, for Ovio Gofu slash Braden Swinson to um, perhaps open up the game uh, for the defense and kind of get Milrow uncomfortable. I will say the Alabama run game has been pretty disappointing to this point in the year. Um, I believe they're only at, I wrote down somewhere, somewhere on like four four yards per carry, uh, very much in the middle of the pack in the country in terms of running, rushing success. So the run game, I... I don't want to say I'm not worried about it because, you know, LSU's defense can definitely get gashed in the run game. But I think it's more about the pass rush and getting to Melrose and making him uncomfortable because he has done a good job settling down his feet. But I don't think he, like, once he drops his eyes, he's very much becoming a runner. And I think if you can get him to drop his eyes kind of early, um, I think that would be good to, to make him uncomfortable. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Front four. You know, obviously stopping the run, getting to Milrow. Um, I, the linebackers are what they are at this point. Fine for LSU. They're not great. Secondary is what it is. So, yeah, I put a lot of pressure on that front four. Would you dress up for his Halloween, Matthew? Uh, be the people want to know. I, I have not dressed up for anything yet, and I don't think I don't think I am. But maybe I'll throw on my Manu Ginobili jersey. Um, that's what I did in high school. Uh, I. I cut out a little like tan piece of paper and I put it on the back of my head for a bald spot and with a Manu jersey on and I carried a basketball around. That was there you go. That was high school. Very San Antonio of you. I usually dress up something. If I do, it's Wes Anderson related. So like Max Fisher from Rushmore, um, a number of Royal Tenenbaums uh, outfits. So I don't know. I'm, I don't have any plans Tuesday night. So I don't know if I'll be dressing up, not just to sit at the house. So are you going to hand out candy? And well, you know, no one ever comes. We don't have a sidewalk, and uh, yeah, so they take all the kids to the neighborhoods that have like sidewalks a couple over. Okay, so 
Uh, we've been here like five years, six years. No one's ever knocked on the door for candy. Wow. So I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess no. I'm fine with that, though. I'll keep it all for myself. I bought yeah. it just in case, but haven't anybody come knocking. Uh, Christian Case. I don't know if Christian's asked any uh, questions this year. I think Miller yeah. doesn't seem to be able to hit the short throws. How do they make sure they don't hit the deep throws? Uh, I mean, you've talked a little bit about Milrow, kind of some thoughts. Um, I feel like Milrow caught, first off, they. I'm convinced he must have been suspended that game because there was no reason they should have ever been playing Buckner and yeah, whatever his name is. Uh, Simpson. Uh, Simpson. Ty Simpson. Milrow's better. Uh, they were knocking on him earlier in the season. He's obviously been much better um, here in recent, across the past month, certainly. I'm looking at some stats here. Let's just look at the SEC passing stats. Uh, Milrose sitting middle of the pack in terms of yards per game. Um, but I don't know, Matty B, what you value the most. His completion percentage is who around like 63, 65%. For instance, Daniels, it's at 63. He's thrown for about 1600 yards. Daniels, 2,500 yards, uh, 13 touchdowns and uh, five interceptions. Daniels has 25 and three. So obviously you get the sense of uh, really how good Daniels has been, but where Milrow stacks up in comparison um, attempts per game, I think would be an interesting one to take a look at here. Uh, 22 for Jalen Milrow. Um, now, obviously, that can be skewed in some games where he didn't have to throw it a lot. They run the football a lot already. He runs the football some. So um, thoughts, though, uh, in general, before you get too deep into because you haven't done your Alabama offense film study. No. Um, but just from watching Bama this year, I've watched every game they've played. So I want to hear your thoughts. I'll give mine. Yeah, I think it's funny. Like inadvertently, I think I've watched almost every game they've played just like watching college football obviously i mean i mean i like to watch the good teams so yeah same play. well heck I've, I've also watched almost every a&m game i think i was well, you've also watched every north texas game so you're all yeah, that. <laughs> nothing is above me shay nothing is above me no, no, no. <laughs> um but yeah uh jalen milrow like i said i think his feet from last year to this year I, I that's probably been the biggest jump to me is he's not looking to run immediately and he has really given his receivers chances to make plays. Um, obviously bond on the outside has been pretty explosive for them. Uh, Burton as well. So they, they are more explosive than I think most people expected them to be. Milrow is like you said, middle of the pack type quarterback in the sec. I definitely don't, don't think he's great, but I don't think he's bad at all. And with the question marks of LSU secondary, how do the question is how do they make sure he doesn't hit deep throws? You're gonna have to win some one on ones. You flat out, it's it might feel a little bit like seven on seven type stuff where you're out there and you just get a one on one go ball to Bond or Burton and fill in the blank here is gonna have to make a play and break up a pass because I do think Alabama is gonna take shots in this game. Like I, I'd be surprised if they didn't. So. Um, I don't know schematically what you can really do to take away the deep ball besides obviously playing just deep zones and give up the underneaths, but I don't know if LSU is good enough to to do that consistently. So, um, yeah, it's they're going to have to play well in the back end, uh, safeties, corners. I, I do expect them to be you know kind of off coverage a decent amount or at least bail and stuff, but I don't think they're completely giving up the you know five to ten yard plays uh, with with Milrow. I'm curious too, as we get into, I think you hit on a lot of the good stuff there with Milrow. So I'll add this. 
he is what 220. That's about the same size as Jackson Dart. Obviously, he's not as big as a KJ Jefferson, but yeah, tackling um, is big in games like this. Milro can be slippery, much like those guys can be, and he's a load to bring down when he gets going. I mean, he's like a running back uh, if he's in the open field. And makes it all the more difficult for a team like LSU. Certainly the secondary struggled with tackling. You don't want him to get to that second level or past it and trying to bring him down. Uh, and certainly don't want to let him get kind of one move and miss. And now all of a sudden he's running free for 30, 40 yards. Yeah. In the games this year, uh, Jefferson on LSU ran for 50 yards. And Dart ran for 50 yards. Dart also had a touchdown. Dart also did it on seven carries. So, um yeah. That will be something to watch. Milrow started the season running the ball pretty well. I mean, against Texas, he had 50 yards. Against State, he had 70. Against AM, minus 31. Against Arkansas, minus 19. And against Tennessee, just three. So I know the Bama O line, Maddie B, has not been where they thought it would be ahead of the season. That's obviously going to play into some of those numbers. But I do wonder if LSU can get home like some of these teams recently have, because if not, he's a guy who can pop 50, 60 yards on you in a game. Yeah. Um, and it does feel like they've started to use them more, I guess, in designed run situations, which is, and they're not like forcing the run game with him, which honestly, I, I think against LSU, you can, if you can have Jalen Milrow as a rusher, I think that would really hurt uh, LSU's defense um, just to add another layer that they'd have to guard. So um, I would expect him to be in the positive, even if he takes a couple sacks. I, I think he breaks a couple, and he's also just really fast, man. Yep, like just incredible to watch as far as an athlete goes. Uh, Nola fan 33, hypothetically speaking, he said, We've got a nice hypothetical to start rolling on. Uh, the bigger loss, uh, with this Bama offense, would it be LSU's corners or if uh, Major Burns and Andre Sam, LSU's two starting safeties? were both out and then the corners would be healthy in this hypothetical. So in this hypothetical though, I would have to say that if your two safeties are out, Sage Ryan goes back to safety and it's Sage Ryan and Ryan Yates. And then you would have Zy Alexander and Denver Harris at corner. Or would you rather have what they're about to have, which is Sam and Burns at safety. The guys have started in every single game and Ryan and TBD at corner. I'll go with what they have. Yeah, I think so. I'd be terrified um, if if they didn't have – I mean, not saying Burns and, and Sam are great, but um, I think that matters a lot in this Yeah, defense. those two lead the team in snaps, so yeah. you don't want them off the field. No, and I mean, I, again, they didn't start the season well. They weren't good even a few weeks ago. But I think Auburn and Army, they played fairly well. And if they can just put together, if they can piece together a solid game from those two safeties, I think that's very, very, very possible. I think that gives them a good chance to to win. Tackle, make your tackles when you need to, which maybe forces a third down instead of a first down. Maybe for, forces a, um, a turnover on downs instead of a first down. Like I think those two are capable of making a couple plays that can can flip it. And, you know, we've made it 20 minutes into a Bama podcast and haven't talked to Harold Perkins, um, who obviously has continued to play excellent uh, as he's now settled into this new role. And that role, because Greg Brooks being out and his battle with brain cancer and everything he's had to, to, to deal with off the field, yeah. on the field, not having him, he was their best safety. I mean, he's their best DB, actually. Yes. It's not even debatable. So 
Harold Perkins playing that Sam nickel role is saving us from a convert. Like right now we would be talking about who's playing nickel. Like we're like, we wouldn't even have that figured out. Ryan Robinson. Step I mean, up. it'd be like Sage at nickel. And then you're playing two true freshmen in the corner. Yeah. Toviano probably nickel maybe. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it would have been a massive question. So, so Harold, yeah. Harold's emergence here as that Sam linebacker has been pretty impressive from yeah. where they started with, Oh, he's a middle linebacker to always oh, back to an edge rusher to now he's this Sam linebacker and one of the best graded coverage linebackers in the country. Yeah. Keep it rocking. Um, Second part of his question. Yeah. Yeah. If LSU scores 38, do they win or lose? Statistically speaking, I feel like the answer is win. My gut says that might still not be enough. <laughs> like, like if they get 38, they probably have like a 60% chance of winning. If you look at like, I don't know, the analytics or something, but I still don't just feel great about that number at this moment. To score 38 and to get beat would mean the other team likely has 42. Yeah. Which would mean that score, you have 10 possessions a game, that would be six touchdowns. You could say they get 40. So that's saying that Bama scores on six or seven of their 10 possessions. Yeah. Again, 38 should win it. I know I said before that 40, the winner's going to have 45. 38, in theory, should win you the game. If, But hey. 49 didn't win them the game last Well, this centers mid. around the entire discussion we've had, and which I've said I think is the most important point from a sort of macro level to view this game of who's going to win or how can you find out the key to a win or the stat to a win is if each team gets 10 possessions, what is the number of stops it takes LSU? Is it three? Is it four? Because Vegas is over-under and the money line – or excuse me, the over-under – total points and then the spread would match up to about a 31-28 game. Yeah. That would be saying that they even expect LSU to stop Bama half, half the time. They have the football like 10 drives they'll get five stops. That seems like a lot of stops to me for a team that has struggled like LSU has on defense. Yeah, I saw that over under and I was fairly confused, but then I remembered I the betting line is for probably the public more so than us and for fans i think or people who have paid close attention um i do think i do think the winning team still hits 40 um i just i can't see lsu's defense locking up that to that to that degree like take that big of a step forward i i think lsu could in theory hold hold alabama to 35 points and that would so win 30 you. 38 points for lsu you would put it a 60 percent to 70 percent win percentage yeah Exactly. It's right, fair. I'll take it's that. It's just my gut is scared of that. Um, he wants a quick off topic. Uh, Final four prediction. For the I assume that's not basketball. No, for the playoff. Um, uh, well, oh, that comes out tonight or tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So uh, Georgia. Uh, okay. Prediction of who's going to be in it. That takes a lot more work. Um, Georgia. You know, even though I. I think if Georgia loses the SEC championship game, it does raise an interesting discussion about Georgia, but Georgia looked damn good against Florida. And um, so I'm going to put them in there. Michigan, I think, is a step above Ohio State and Penn State. So I will put them there. I think Florida State wins the, the ACC. I think Florida State is just better than everybody there by a decent margin. So give me Florida State three and four. I think Washington loses a game. You know what? I'll go 
I'll go Oregon. I like that. I'm going Oregon. If Bama beats LSU, I would put Bama in it. Yeah. Um, I think that they could then run the table. I think they would beat Georgia too. Mm-hmm. I do. I think that if Bama goes out and beats LSU and look good doing it, they're only going to keep getting better. So that would be in there. Um, I'll save that until we know what happens this weekend. Um, I'll go Georgia. I'll go Ohio State. Who I want to pick Michigan, though. Um, I'll go Ohio State. I'll go Oregon. I'll go Florida State. I like that. Those are my picks. I like that. All right. Um, where are we at, Matty B? Bourbon uh, Cheerios, of course. Uh, the longtime listener who's never asked a question before. Um, number one, is this secondary any worse than the 2021 version that held a much better Bama offense to 20 points in Tuscaloosa? Hashtag pig cage. Hashtag pig cage. Um, it does give the feeling that, like I mentioned with that over under, like it feels like this is a game that could be ripe for like a curveball, right? Like, oh damn, LSU won or LSU won like 27 to 21 or something like that, which would be I just I can't see it, but that 2021 game was certainly something out there where that defense and that team uh put up a heck of a fight. Um, if they had any pulse, you know, offensively or anything, they could have maybe won the game. For uh, transparency, because I think he brings up something that I I had not really thought of, and I try not I, each year's different, but uh, that year's de- uh, defense he's talking about that secondary um, and defenses in total. But I'll give you the past defense gave up uh, 237 yards a game. That was 11th in the SEC uh, this year. They're giving up 238 yards a game, which is um, 10th in the SEC. It's tied for it, so 10th or 11th. So basically identical in terms of what they give up in terms of the past game. Interesting to think about. Yeah. Not, again, Doesn't sound like that changes your outlook on this. Very maybe, maybe it happens. Maybe it happens. I mean, anything can add sports, you know, and maybe Matt House puts together a game plan that really gives Alabama fits. Um, I do think Alabama's inability to run the ball consistently throughout the SEC play has been, is something I can hold on to and be like, hey, if you told me going into the game, LSU shuts down the run game of Alabama and then forces Milrow to beat them through the air consistently, and they have problems doing that, then I'd be like, okay, fine. I still think Milrow will hit, or they'll hit a couple of big plays and get to like 28 points, but that could happen. You know, I don't know if it gets asked in here. I should scroll ahead real quick. Um, I don't see it, so I'll go ahead and say it. I often don't think things like this are that big of a deal, but I think in this case, it is something worth monitoring. Tommy Reese is Bama's offensive coordinator. Tommy Reese got recruited by Brian Kelly. He was Brian Kelly's quarterback. Brian Kelly gave him his first job. Brian Kelly made him an offensive coordinator. Brian Kelly tried to bring him to Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly said that he's talked to Tommy Reese in the time since he's been in Tuscaloosa as he's bounced things off his head about growing as a coach and things like that. Does there's got to be like he got asked about it and he didn't really say just praise Tommy Reese, but there's got to be some sort of built in small advantage, if in you know, something to where Brian Kelly, who has spent a lot of his time in the past two and a half weeks on the defensive side, you know, in the defensive film room, helping out with the defense because that's what needed fixing, where he can say this week, this is Tommy Reese's tendencies, this is how Tommy Reese likes to call games. That has to come into play at some point, right? Yes. 
I do. Um, I, I, you know, you look back at even when Nick Saban went on that run against his assistants or his former assistants, and he had obviously was winning all those games. It's not until recently when, you know, Jimbo and uh, Smart started beating him. But um, yeah, I think that is something worth noting there. Um, but, you know, it'd not be nice the biggest to deal, but something to think about. Because even too, this former assistant things would be head coaches. Like, this is the play caller who just got done being his yeah. play caller and his yeah. quarterback. It's like he knows there's got to be something. I do there think it's something. Like, he's like, right. hey, I know what Tommy's thinking when he sees yeah. these defensive looks. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think you're right. We're just scraping the barrel a little bit. But, yes, I do. Something to just think about. Um, how long does a movie need to be out, uh, have to be out before you can stop saying spoiler alert? I'd say like a month. Depends on the popularity of the movie to me. Um, but I do think probably about like if it's a super popular movie and everybody's talking about it, you got like a month max to see it. If it's a little bit less popular, you know, people are kind of seeing it and it's maybe like a niche thing. You don't really want to anytime you talk about it, you probably want to be like, hey, I don't know if you've seen it. Spoiler, but. This, well, yeah. This or if someone's starting to talk to you about it or you see a thread, don't click on it. Just exactly. Hey, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I give it a month. And the selfish part of me is no time. As soon as I see it, <laughs> just saying everything. You better have seen it. Uh, which product or service should you have invented as an LSU grad? I'm frustrated I didn't come up with an Uber given the number of nights I waited hours for the only cabin BR as a fellow alum. You cannot take this answer, Shay. I'll hang up and listen. All right, Bourbon Cheerios, you're done for the day. Um, I'm not allowed to say Uber. Um, you can if you want, uh, Maddie B. What would you wish you would have come up with? Oh, let me think. I'm Got gonna it. go with Skype <laughs> because when the pandemic hit, online video went through yeah. the roof. So, like the Skype, I would have just streamed, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Or actually, who took over for Skype? It was uh, Zoom. Zoom. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have come up with Zoom. Then yeah. I would have made all my money in the pandemic. Um, pickleball. Ooh. I've never played it. I just, I've only, I, I play tennis, as y'all know. I play tennis, but yeah, I you play real sports. Pickleball is, feels like it's making a good amount of money right now. So there you go. I've been a pickleball. I could just market everything. All right. Two good answers. I like them. I like them. Um, but the Tiger King 53. Do you anticipate any new wrinkles to the defense personnel wise schematically to generate some sacks with the vulnerability being at, at DB getting to Milrow has to be high on the priority list. I just put out some thoughts there that in recent weeks, Milrow has had some negative yardage because they've been able to get to him. I would have to think so, right, Maddie, but you've got two weeks to prepare for this one. You're not giving, you're not giving them the same looks you've been giving everyone else. You're at least going to do something a little bit different. Well, we also have to remember, not only did they have a bye week, but they played Army the week before, and they played Auburn the week before that. So as far as pass rush goes, maybe twists go, maybe um, design blitzes go. You've had a month to prepare for this game because you you weren't worried about uh, showing new stuff in the last two games or in the bye week. So you've had a while. I do expect to maybe see some different things. This comes down to, for me, Harold Perkins and how they use Harold Perkins and how much they blitz Harold Perkins. because. Before, or at least, you know, in recent games, he's been in coverage significantly more than he's been a blitzer. 
Um, and, and like the Missouri game, I think it was, he was vastly used more as a, a coverage guy and he can do that. And I think they will, but I expect him to be utilized more as a pass rusher in this game. And I am used in different ways, maybe used in different positions. Um, that's where I think you get the variety is how can we use Harold Perkins in a way that we haven't used him this year, or at least not haven't used him often. And he hasn't really gone back to that spy role. It's been more of a nickel Sam. I'm yeah. either in coverage or I'm blitzing. So do they stick him and kind of let him watch Milrow? I don't know, but um, I like how they've been using him. But I do would like to see a little bit more pressure this week. It'll be, yeah. like you said, you didn't have to show anything against Army and you handled Auburn pretty easily. So this is a month to get ready and say, all right, here's what we've got. Um, and he's known, believe me, if Matt House, if Wingo's been where he's progressing, he's known Wingo's not playing. He knows what's going on with Deuce Chestnut and Denver Harris. Yep. He knew when Zai's x-rays came back, what that meant for his availability at Bama. So certainly they've had time to get ready and say, okay, here's our plan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but Mason asked again, Cox, uh, who needs to have the, their best game of the season uh, against Alabama to get the win? We got asked a similar question last week, and I don't know if it changes for you, but I might still say Jaden. Like if Jaden has his best game, he's played some amazing games. If he has his best one, that gets you 38 points right there for sure. At least. Yeah, at least. Um, yeah, it was last week when we asked this question. We looked at it in a bunch of different ways. It's like, all right, well, you could say the corners, or you could say the safeties, you could say the defensive line, but then Perkins, whoever. Yeah, I, I think you you brought up that point of Jaden Daniels, which I had not considered. Of Jaden Daniels, if Jaden Daniels has the best game of the season, we're talking forty-two points easy for this offense. We're talking five touchdowns from Jaden Daniels. We're talking no interceptions, no fumbles. I mean, a hundred rushing yards. Like that is, in itself is going to be hard for any team to beat. And, you know, you get in a shootout, I think they have a great chance of winning that game if they can get to 45, 48 points. Um, defensively, if we go, like, individual-wise, I'm going to stay Mason Smith. I think Mason Smith has gotten better. And I really want people to understand he has been injured throughout the whole first half of the season. And we're finally starting to see him play better now because he is getting healthy. And he can say he's at 100% all that stuff. And he said he was – I remember in spring ball, he was like, man, I could have came back for the Georgia game last year in the SEC championship game. There's a difference between being available, even being healthy, and being back to the player that he was out of high school as a freshman. Like that type of explosiveness, you don't just get it back by being healthy. So I think he's working his way back. I expect him to continue to get better. And, you know, I think he has a good uh, – end to this season and i think this is the start of that i think you could um say that Jaden's well Jaden gritted out missouri in a major way mm -hmm. so like you could say that was his best game he carried him in the fourth quarter when he got hurt and came back in um but stat wise i, I would put out old miss 
You throw for 414 and four touchdowns and no turnovers. Uh, you rush for 100 yards and another touchdown. That's 515 yards and five touchdowns. So if Jaden gives you something better than 515 yards and five touchdowns, that's 42 points. What They finished that game with 49, and they lost. So still, in the best game of the season, they did not win, and I'm still going to pick it. That's who I would say. Who has to have their best game of the year? If they have their best game of the year, LSU wins, I would say Jaden. Yeah. Is that who you did? Did you did you pick Jaden? Did you agree? No, you no, kind no, of no, no, there no. Some others, but are you rolling Jaden for the answer? I mean, probably. I mean, as far as individual players go, I mean, we could throw Harold Perkins in there if you wanted to. Sure. As far as if he gets four sacks in the game and two forced fumbles, I mean, that's goes to Arkansas. What he did against them last year, he does that against Alabama. I mean, that that could be the game right there. Uh, Grape Swish has a question of why does God continue to give his strongest soldiers? Uh, the his toughest battles, um, and by that he means LSU fans and the battles being transfer portal DBs not working. They worked last year, just not working for you this year uh, as much. But again, don't, I don't want to discredit Zai. Zai's worked out. It's just now yeah. he's hurt. So yeah. is what it is. And no one should be acting surprised that Denver's not playing. We knew what everybody knew what they were getting into here. It was either going to work out or didn't. And don't be surprised either way. And Deuce hasn't played really since the first game of the year. J.K. got hurt in the preseason. So yeah. it is tough battles, but it, like you said earlier, Matty B., we saw it coming at this stage. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add on that. Bogies Fedora. Shout out Bogies. Shout out Fedoras as well, but definitely Bogies. Uh, do you think Bama's run-to-pass ratio gets heavily skewed from previous games given our issues in the secondary? Right now it's 59 run, 41 pass. I love this question. and. Mm-hmm. You watch all the film. You get into the schematics of it. Brian Kelly talked about this today, not this specifically, but about what Tommy Reese does well, and that's adapting to what a team has and how well the Bama run game has been this year. I actually don't think that they stray far from that. I think that it would be fool. It, in a way, it feels foolish to abandon something that works just because the other team has some guys who are out. I'm more I'm more interested in how much they run Milrow by design. Um, like as far as the running back, you know, they they'll give the ball to McClellan and whatnot. But how much they run Milrow is the most interesting thing here because they run him, but it's not like they force feed him. I could see him getting like six, seven designed runs this week and just kind of letting him try to get those first downs. It's that way they don't have to pass the ball as much. Um yeah, I, I mean, somewhere in this vicinity, 55, 45, something like that. I, I still think they probably run the ball more. Um, and there are a lot of situations like where if they get a lead of any sort, they probably continue to run the ball. Um, the only situation where I think they pass the ball more is if LSU gets a two-possession lead at any yeah. point. So, uh, Of course, right. Score could dictate that. But, but I actually do think they want to stick with running the foot, doing what they do. They're going to do what they do. That's what – Good teams do. You go out there and you play your game and you make the opponent stop it. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Fan 11 said, um, now, and I'll just add with this four down D line look, Maddie B, do you think they win any one on ones consistently enough? Or is it like you said a moment ago where this is a game where House has to, as a D line or as a D coordinator, come with more stunts, come with more ways to confuse, get different angles because there's this feeling maybe that LSU is not generating enough pressure with just four guys. Yeah. I, 
I do think they try some different things. Um, but ultimately, if they can't win one-on-ones with Savion Jones, Mikhail Wingo, or I'm sorry, Mason Smith, Jordan Jefferson, uh, Braden Swinson, Swinson slash Ovio Gopher, if you can't win one-on-ones there, I mean, twists and stunts will only do so much. Um, at the end of the day, if they're not respecting your one-on-one abilities, then they can sit on those stunts. They can play those stunts, and they can wait for them. Um, I, I, like I said, Perkins is the X factor for me here as far as pass rush goes because I don't think any of the defensive linemen are you know, dominant uh, in pass rushing right now with Wingo out. Uh, we'll see about Mason Smith. We'll see about Braden Swenson potentially, but I think Perkins is kind of the exception there. So um, I don't think they partic- – I, I think they try some things, but ultimately I'm interested to see if they can just win straight up one-on-ones at you know maybe go at proctor at the tackle spot maybe go at some other guys there let's see where we're at i was getting ahead on my next question two two away when someone is asking about the bar scene there i was googling a couple of things to make sure i had the name right Tigers uh, but I'm, I'm with you on d-line uh, cb tigers asked uh cb tigers 24 uh, with Wingo being out, do we see more Perkins on the edge so we can get more pressure on Milrow? You talked a little bit about Perkins on the edge, um, but am I wrong in saying that I think they just put Jordan Jefferson in and you just keep going like normal? Like you keep Perkins yeah. in the role he's been playing. Yeah, I, I think they're just playing Jordan Jefferson. I don't think they're going to change things up because Wingo's out. Like I said, the only change I could see is that Wingo, or I'm sorry, that Perkins gets more pass rushing opportunities, maybe in different positions, but like he's in that nickel Sam role. He's not in like a rover position anymore. More. This isn't like this isn't like how it was to start the season where we thought, okay, he'll be here, here, and here. No, he's he's lined up at the nickel Sam position, and if they can blitz him from there, they will. But that's kind of all. Uh, that's how I think they they use him. Someone asked <clears throat> about uh, Toviano, Javian Toviano, who is a safety that's now moved to corner, and we saw him in fall camp at corner at nickel at safety or at least this offseason we did. So he's versatile, and that's a great thing. Um, very good high school player, four-star coming out of the Lone Star State. Does he see meaningful snaps against Alabama at corner? So your options right now, you've got Sage Ryan at corner, and then you're going to have to choose between LaTerrence Wells, Ashton Stamps, Jeremiah Hughes, and now Javian Tobiano. So does Javian Tobiano get into the mix for what he's calling meaningful snaps? I'd call anything over seven snaps meaningful. No. Hell, if it's a tight game, any snaps meaningful. Yes, if it's a tight game, any snaps. No, I don't think so. I think Welsh and Stamps have it locked down. Maybe some Hughes. Maybe some Hughes. That's how I was going to say. I think Tobiano gets at least one snap at corner in this game. Yeah. Could be wrong. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I do think that they I just get the feeling they might want to try out whomever. And we've seen them be they've gone in different directions in a number of these games. So why not do it again? I mean, I would not be surprised at all if Hughes is out there getting some run and Toviano gets some reps, like just to see what they have. So we'll see. LSU Lawyer 24, best spots to hit in Tuscaloosa for the game. If you have any, maybe some other people should probably chime in here because I have not um like I always thought Innisfree was like a big bar in Tuscaloosa that people went to. Isn't that the one like right by campus? Matty B is going to be in uh, Tuscaloosa uh, for the first time. So maybe he can go over there. Yeah, Innisfree pub, but it's always packed. 
Uh, but that is right there by on University Boulevard. So I guess that would be one of the big ones. But yeah, any of uh any of our LSU, there's a ton of LSU fans who go up there every year. So they can jump in the mailbag uh, thread and and weigh in there for LSU Lawyer 24 is ready to hit up some spots before the game. Uh, Bam, it's got a very nice campus, a pretty campus, gorgeous stadium. Um, so go enjoy the weather, walk around. They do have a lot of stuff uh, right around there to eat or drink at. So it's a, it's a nice setup to have it all right there. Uh, Texan Tiger, too, my man. Knowing LSU's immaturity at corner and Bama's affinity for throwing deep shots, how do you scheme your safeties to be able to help out deep? Um, Maddie, any thoughts there? Um, I mean, have them playing the deep halves. Uh, I mean, have them as potentially bracketing or, you know, as uh, help on the outside. Uh, uh, I'm not a coach, so I mean, I'm not able to schematically, you know, put them in the right position. But I mean, that's typically how you do it as far as, you know, from a basic standpoint goes is you just have them behind a Terrence Walsh. You have them bracketed. You have them to where Terrence Walsh can play a slant, can play a, a, a a hitch, you know, he can be aggressive on those because you have safety help over the top or something like that. Like, you know, those are the basics. I'd say maybe even have uh, a linebacker, maybe like Harold Perkins drop out. And so that way he can take a slant. So you can play a fade, you know, so just stuff like that. I don't think it's the most complex thing, but yeah, the safeties are going to be huge in, in helping them out. Yeah. Bama, excuse me, Auburn nor army can throw the football well at all. So I'll just move past them back to Missouri second half. They played very good zone defense in that second yep. half against Missouri. Yep. Helped them win the game, Matty B. I just don't want to see all game the corners 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And Bama just getting room to just run because that, for me, is not a recipe against a team like this that is going to spell much. But maybe I'm wrong. Again, I am no coach. I just – I'd like to see him just give these guys a chance, put them up there, press them a little bit, and – if you got to go to your zone, go to it. But I, uh, I don't want to see them just off ten yards off the line all game long. And and these receivers, like I said, I mean they're they're good, obviously Burton and Bond, but <laughs> they're not Jalen Waddle. They're not these elite NFL. Per- yeah, they're not Smith. They're not Rose. They're not these guys that are first round receivers here. So, you know, that gives you another boat of confidence that you're not playing Luther Burden out there. You're not playing Keon Coleman out there. So it's – we'll see. We'll see. Uh, strictly LSU offense versus Bama defense. To win the game, what specific matchup do you think LSU has to win? We answered this question last week, but on the flip side, and I think the answer remains the same, you win in the trenches. It's O-line, isn't it? Yeah, it's blocking. The more I watch this Alabama defensive line is actually really scary to me. Um, now, LSU's offensive line is one of the best in the country. I'm – not backing down from that. I think they're top five, top maybe, you know, somewhere in that range of best offensive linemen in the country. Um, the question is, you know, is uh, you have Dallas Turner on the other side. You have Jaheim Otis on the other side. You have a, a – I cannot remember his name off the top of my head here. I, I put in the in the story. Um, Justin Justin Abogby, Abogby uh, yeah. was awesome. Um yeah, and then Chris Braswell is kind of a linebacker. He's not really in the front four, but regardless, like they get after it, and that they were really, really impressive in uh, a lot of the games this year, especially in SEC play. So, um, yeah, I agree. I think that's it's the trenches all the way. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of talked about the run game as well. I, I do think LSU being able to run the ball with Logan Diggs 
is something that I'm very interested in because Alabama's we, been really good against the run. We've actually got two of those coming up here to wrap up the podcast. Is that what it is? Maybe. I thought we had something in there. No, they're coming up right here. Uh, well, Capital City Tiger 21 wants to know, are we Swifties? Are you a Swiftie? No. No. Is Emily a Swiftie? You, what about me? You didn't know. Are you are you a Swifty? Don't worry about Emily. I'm trying to figure out about me. I've listened to her music. I'm familiar with all of her catalogs. I've listened to every song. Um, you listened to every Taylor Swift song. I've listened to every Taylor Swift. I've listened to I listen to a lot you're, of music. You're so Swiftie, every right? album that comes out, I'll usually listen to once. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I would say I like uh, a lot of her older stuff than now. Would you go to her concert? No, because no. it costs a lot of money. <laughs> also, would not pay thirty dollars to go watch the movie either of the concert. Oh yes. So, no, I'm not. I guess I'm not a Swifty. I'm just someone who's listened to Taylor Swift's music before. That's good. Which is, um, would you? There's a difference. There's. A do you difference. like yes. who's better to you, Taylor Swift or Adele? Uh, um. Very different genres there. Adele's a better singer. I mean, Adele. Adele, yeah. I do Adele too. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? You got any more female-related music questions for me? No, I'll I was take just Paramore curious. Over Taylor Swift. I'll take Nico Case over Taylor Swift. I've got a lot. I could go all day here over Taylor Swift. I'm not a Swifty. I have listened okay. to her music. Okay. Uh, five for five. If Diggs and JD both run for over 75 yards, does LSU win? The answer here to me, Maddie B. Now, I understand Ole Miss is an outlier, but would be no, because it's already happened this year, Ole Miss, and they lost. So that would not guarantee me a win. Yeah, that's the funny part is is you could throw out all the offensive numbers you want in this game. If Alabama scored 55 points, you're probably not going to win the game. So um, it's uh, I, I don't even think 75 is a good number. I would have Jaden Daniels over like 80. Yards. I told you last week I was going to take his over rushing yards prop whatever it is, if it's like 70 or 65 or something, I think Jane Daniels is gets close to a hundred in this game. And uh, I think that's their best chance. Um, Diggs, like I said, rushing the ball is going to be massive for this team. Because a, I included in the story again, I'm go check out the uh, film study story. Let me find the stats here. Um, Alabama has allowed, where is it? Let me just look up this whole miss. Um, and I will say to the people who uh, don't kind of realize it, LSU has a top five uh, passing attack in the country, obviously. They have the number one total offense in the country. They have a top 15 rushing attack, and Logan Diggs is third in the SEC in rushing. I did an article last week, Matty B, for the site where we both agreed he was their number one transfer addition. The balance he's brought to this team to where Jane Daniels does not have to be their only runner has been absolutely massive. Um, so just, again, shout out Logan Diggs. He's been unbelievable this season. Yeah. Um, advanced stats love the run game for LSU as well. Um, I think they're number one in the country in EPA. Um, I found the stat, though. L L Alabama has held AM to 1.9 yards per carry, Arkansas to 1.8, Ole Miss 1.9, and Tennessee to 3.5 yards. So that's very much an aspect of this game that I'm excited to watch. Uh, least favorite condiment, uh, five for five. I don't like mayonnaise. Yeah. Eh. Mustard's mine. See, but I like Dijon mustard and some, I just don't like, I don't like mustard. You like yellow mustard, but I like yeah. some others. I, I don't really like mayonnaise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Regular mustard. That's the so. 
Um, two more. Then we're out of here. Cairo Tiger. Who has more rushing yards JD against Bama? JD5, uh, Daniels, or Logan Diggs? Jane Daniels. I agree. Taking the over uh, on the rushing Bama scoring 40 on LSU. Sheesh. Damn, that's a tough line. I mean, again, Vegas has it as under. I think if, you know, I think logically speaking, LSU should be able to get enough stops to hold them under 40. Like logically speaking. It's just my gut is terrified of that. I think this is a game that's in the 30s. Yeah. For each that's team. Fair. That's fair. At least early on. Which would still hit the over, but yes. Right, correct. Um, last one, MB21. I'm back for round two. Another question. We'll let you have it. Do you think the bye week slows down LSU's offense at all? Conversely, does it help the defense? Um, I've never really when you're clicking this efficiently on offense, I don't think it matters. Like I've never yeah, bought into them like, oh, they're gonna come out flat because they just are what they are. They they just keep grooving. Yeah. Um, I don't think either one of those case. I think LSU's defense. You know, expose some things at Alabama maybe that they haven't shown in the past month. But I don't, again, I don't have faith or belief that the defense is going to come out and run some new scheme and no. they're going to come out. And in like a Brian Kelly said a lot of it was just self-scouting last week was making sure that, you know, we're out here in the sign-stealing days, Matty B. You've got to mm-hmm. self-scout. You can't be giving everything away. You don't need to yep. everyone to know your tendencies. So. Change, your, change your calls on the white on the boards. Yeah, they have. Uh, they shifted it all up in the bye week. Um, offense, I'm not worried about. Defense, I would say the only built-in advantage to the bye week beyond rest and recovery and all that is that these guys who play corner and then Jefferson and some others who now know they're going to have a bigger role are going to be able to lock in a little bit more of their diving into more first team stuff they're getting more in the film room so yes having an extra if you're if you're starting for the first time maddie b especially if you're one of these freshmen or like a laterence welsh that extra week definitely helps because you've got an extra week to prepare for it yep for sure we've made it we did it right on an hour right at under an hour um there you go mailbag podcast is done Uh, Thank you all for submitting your questions. If you want to submit a question in the future, uh, become a subscriber of the Bengal Tiger um, on three. Um, Love the community over there. The board is always popping. I have to jump back in there after this and see what what we've got. But, yeah, plenty of stuff coming up. Um, Obviously, Alabama versus LSU, we will cover everything, every aspect of it, on the field, off the field, recruiting, you name it. Um, So check that out. And on the YouTube side, subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Um, Leave a like, comment, and share as well. We really appreciate the support. And if you're listening on the audio side, shout out to y'all as well. So appreciate it, and I'm Matthew Bruni, and we'll talk to y'all later. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.